called I Follow Jesus. And the reason why I just have labeled all of these uh, messages under that series is because, I don't know, I think religion has really messed up our walk with the Lord <laughs> and really has made it to where it's this impersonal um, kind of routine, almost like a club kind of vibe. And that was never supposed to be like that. It was always supposed to be personal. In fact, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he told his disciples in a very personal way, he said, follow me. He didn't say, follow this new religion, follow the law, follow the book, follow all these rules, follow some routine or religion. No, he said, follow me. He said, follow human. That's so important because today, uh, if you're following a religion, it's going to so disappoint you. If you're following people, if you say, oh, I'm following Ty, I'm, you are going to be sorely disappointed because I'm human right? If you follow any other person, you're going to be disappointed. There, there's, there's just so many flaws that each of us have, but Jesus said, follow me, and that's who we are supposed to follow. And so we talked several weeks, but last week I talked about the fact that he is with us and he being the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit, that's another way to say it, God's Spirit is with us and in us. In fact, if you don't have to turn there, but I read out of John chapter 14, because in John chapter 14, Jesus told his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. In verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That helper is, we talked about it in the Greek, it's called parakletos. And it's, it's almost like, a, like a, a, a paramedic or somebody who would be with you, someone that's there to help you, someone that's supposed to be present with you. This is not some distant God. Jesus said, I'll pray that the God will send his spirit, this helper to be with you. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to listen to the podcast because some of what I'm going to talk about today will make even more sense. And so some of these teachings build week over week. So I don't have the time necessarily to go through all of uh, a review, but that's that is so important because... If you don't know that, then you won't know that Jesus's plan all along was to go back to heaven, but to that God would send his Holy Spirit. And in fact, Jesus said this. He said, it's better that I go because when I go, then I'll send this helper. I'll send the Holy Spirit. So that is, I, I think, let's just stop and think about that for a second. Jesus fully believed and fully taught that it was better that the Holy Spirit be here than him to be here in the flesh with us. Now just think about that, because you and I probably would, would think it'd be better that we'd have a human being called Jesus to be here so he could just answer all of our questions and teach us all of these things, but that wasn't possible because he, he, when he came in the flesh, that meant he was only able to be in one place at one time. But when God sent his spirit, that meant God's spirit could be everywhere all the time. You say, how is that possible? I have no idea. Because he's God. <laughs> and that's what makes it possible. But I want to move forward. So Jesus said, when I go, I will pray and the Father will send a helper. So I'm, I'm going to go to Acts chapter 1. In fact, why don't you go there with me? If you don't have your Bible, no worries. We're going to have the scriptures up on the screen so that you can follow along. It's so important, by the way, that you either have your Bible or that you just read it with me. Um, because you'll see that I'm not making it up. <laughs> And that you'll see it straight straight from Scripture. That's really important because there's been a lot of teaching on things like the Holy Spirit 
And I like just to go back to the word and say, what did Jesus say? What did he teach us? And keep it very simple. So Jesus, in fact, here in verse four of Acts chapter one, this is what it says. And being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. So that promise links back to what I just said was from the book of John, where it says, I'll pray that the father will send his helper. He says, so go to Jerusalem, wait for this promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So let me just pause right here. The baptism that he's talking about is that when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So when you think about baptism, we all think about water probably. When you're baptized, inundated in water, and then you come back up, and that represents your new life in Christ. So when Jesus is talking about here that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, it means you'll be inundated, that he will come on you, like he, he takes over. So Jesus is teaching his disciples and saying, you've known me, but you haven't known the Holy Spirit yet. And again, this is personal. This is not some ooey gooey, uh, holy, um, holy goosebumps kind of thing. Because if you are bouncing around trying to look for goosebumps, you might be disappointed. But yet he did say that you'll, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then look at verse 8. Jesus told him, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's just another way to say baptized you. When he has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, this is important. He told all of his disciples at this time, they were all gathered together. It wasn't just the 12. It was everybody who's following Jesus at this time. And he said, I want all of you to go to Jerusalem and wait in Jerusalem. So in a moment, we'll read that that's exactly what they did. But I want you to notice what Jesus told them, that when, when will you know that the Holy Spirit has come upon you? He says this, because you'll have power and you'll be my witnesses. You'll have power and you'll be my witnesses. And Jesus felt like this was so important that they receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't just send them out to go tell everybody about me. Like, as soon as I go into heaven, you need to scatter, go tell the whole world, go tell everybody. He didn't say that. He said, before you go, you need to wait. And that is so countercultural, even in church today, because we think as, you, as soon as you get saved, like go out, just go tell everybody. And that is possible, but Jesus said there's something about this gift of the Holy Spirit that'll empower you to be a witness. Now let's just pause and think about what is a witness. When you think about a trial, right? A witness comes to the stand and tells everybody what they have seen and what they have heard, right? They're not supposed to, you don't make it up. You don't have to, especially if you're in court, you shouldn't lie. You just tell people exactly what you've seen and when, exactly what you've heard. But there's something about the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you that that gives you a boldness to do it. Any introverts in the house? Anybody prefer, if you could, just to be at home under a blanket and not go anywhere? Where are the extroverts at? You love people, you want a party, you're here for the party, okay. So we have a good mix here. So especially like if you're introverted, something about the Holy Spirit will cause you to even step outside of your personality to be a witness when you don't even feel like you want to to go tell people what you've seen and what you've heard. And then for the extroverts, this will make it even more um, effective for you 
because now you're not just in your personality and talk, 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 everybody. It's focused. It's what are you saying to them when you do meet them and when they come across you? But I want you to really see this with me. Jesus was talking to this whole group of people and he told all of them to wait. There were no exceptions. There was nobody who was like, oh, well, you're a better Christian, so you don't need this. Like, you just go on ahead. You just go in front of everybody. No, this, like, leveled the playing field. This was no hierarchical, like, well, you know, Peter, you've been with me pretty well, so you don't need the Holy Spirit. This wasn't like, John, you know, you're my beloved. You're the one who always says that I'm the one, you know, the one whom Jesus loves. Like, you're good. You don't need the Holy Spirit. No, this was for everybody. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. And that's really key because we sometimes, maybe not you, but I know sometimes I exclude myself from things, whether in pride or by being discouraged. Sometimes we exclude ourselves because we think we're better than everybody else. Well, we wouldn't say it out loud, but sometimes you do think like, well, I don't necessarily need that. But then there are other times where we exclude ourselves because we don't think we're worthy. So Jesus didn't discuss the Holy Spirit in those terms. The Holy Spirit was for every single believer, every single person who had, who at this point had been following Jesus. Everybody was told, go away in Jerusalem for this promise of the Father. So let's look at Acts chapter two when this happens. You guys with me? You good? Are we friends? My mom's my friend. Okay, good. Nobody else. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read exactly what happens when they've done this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, let's just pause on this for one second. So the day of Pentecost was approximately 50 days after the Passover, which really would have been 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus. So by this time, Jesus has died on the cross, he's risen from the dead, and he's even ascended into heaven, of which they all saw that. They all, this group saw him ascended into heaven. They saw that happen. They saw him lifted in the clouds, and the angels received him. And they, like, can you imagine? Like, they saw all that. So they went at that point to Jerusalem and they did exactly what Jesus said and they waited in what we know now as an upper room. In other words, it was literally a house that had a room upstairs and they were there. I've been to Jerusalem. I've seen what the ancient homes look like. It's very, um, it's very unglamorous. <laughs> it's literally, it would be a room just like this. There's not much to it. But they waited there and they were praying and they were worshiping and they were truly, they were waiting they waited. And so there's something of several days. We're not talking about day one, day two, day three. Several days they were doing this together. They were praying, they were worshiping, and they were waiting. And uh, the 50th day, on the day of Pentecost, 50th day after the Passover, that is when they were in one accord, it says, and in one place. Now notice they weren't just physically in one place. Something about the way that their hearts were postured and their minds were postured and what they were saying with their mouths made them of one accord. Now, most of us have never been in a room where there was one accord, <laughs> if we're being honest. Because even right now, you know, I know I've been in church services before where I'm looking and I'm reading, but my mind is in la-la land. Or I'm thinking about the hundred things that I have to do later today or what happened on the way to church this morning, or any number of things, right? So 
But when they were together, somehow after these days, they had sifted through all of that. It takes time. They had sifted through all the things that probably was pressing on them. And something happened when they were with one accord and they were all together with one place. That's why I'm all for online. I'm all for Zoom meetings and stuff like that. But there is something about being in the same room together, talking about the same things, um, especially when it comes to the things of God. So here they are in one accord. And then it says, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly this is what suddenly says to me. They did not... Um, have control over when this happened. And this is tough for me because I would like to say, okay, Lord, um, we're going to pray for a day. And then at the end of the you know 12th hour of prayer, you're going to come, right? Like we're going to schedule this out. Like I got about half an hour, Lord. Like, can you make sure this happens right about that? Can you make sure it happens in the hour long church service that we have today? But that does, that is not how spiritual things work. Don't you wish? Don't you wish it was like, if we just serve the Lord for a certain amount of time, then bang, 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 everything happens. But that is not, he didn't promise the win. He just said it would happen. And so when suddenly came, it was like God met their prayer and met their obedience because they had obeyed and he was there with them and it was suddenly. And see, this encourages me because there are some parts of my life where I'm like, I haven't experienced suddenly yet. But I'm being obedient, and I just keep doing what God told me to do, and I'm waiting. Anybody besides me where it's like, there are certain things where I'm like, I'm still waiting. But there is a hope and suddenly that I can't even articulate. That there are some things we cannot schedule. There are some things where it's not A plus B equals C. It's A plus B equals uh, sometime in the future. And that's encouraging to me. So it says, and suddenly, look, verse two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now I have read this before and understood it like, wow, it must, it got windy in there, but that's not what it says. It says there was a sound. Was it windy? We don't know, but all it really articulates is there was a sound. There was something of a whoosh from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So something happened supernatural. Verse three, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Just look at that. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you already lost you because you read ahead with me and it talks about speaking in tongues. So we'll get there another Sunday. But today I want you to just focus on being filled with God's spirit. That he promised it's better that I go, Jesus did, it's better that I go because when I go, I'll pray that the Father will send his helper to, toward you. That prayer was fulfilled right in this moment. So you have to look at it like that. Otherwise, it's some hokey pokey, spooky, you know, kind of thing. But it's not. This is a prayer fulfilled from Jesus. This was a promise fulfilled from Jesus. Jesus promised, when I go, I will pray that the Father send the Spirit, the helper to, toward you. So when this happened, they, you can't imagine the, the uh, exuberation that they must have had because they lost the one who had been leading them up to that point. He was gone, peaced out into heaven. And though it was miraculous, though it was supernatural, and they saw him go up, they were without a leader. 
Are y'all seeing that? Like the, the church was without a leader. There was no leader. Jesus was gone. Peter was not the leader. John was not the leader. They were leaderless. So when they're sitting up in this room praying, they're seeking like, what the heck do we do now? So when the Holy Spirit comes and fills them, just like Jesus said it would happen, there was a relief. There was a direction. There was a, a, a boldness that came into them because they knew what Jesus said would happen would happen. So not only are they filled with the Holy Spirit and they have the supernatural experience, but they're now having that power where Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, which is right where they were. They were in the upper room in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's like these rings that kind of go out. So something happened where it would you just can imagine it would have click, 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 where they knew we're not receiving the Holy Spirit so we can have some sort of... Uh, experience, which is what a lot of people have boiled it down to today. Like it's supposed to be some experience and we just kind of enjoy the, the experience of it. No, they knew what it was for. They knew the purpose of God's spirit was to be a witness. They knew it because that's they had just been taught that by Jesus and that was his directive. You'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. So when the Holy Spirit comes here, it's saying that this would this is now the confirmation that, hey, all of you people, it's time to go be witness. You don't have to wait anymore. You don't have to just stay still anymore. It's time to go be a witness. And so here's what happened. In fact, as they, and I won't read it out, but I'll paraphrase, and then I'll get to verse 14. Here's what happened. Everybody who was outside of this room, so people who had not received the Holy Spirit, started hearing this funny language. But hear what was crazy in their time. They heard it in their own tongue. Like they, they heard them saying their own language and it didn't make sense to them because there had been the nations gathered together at Jerusalem for Pentecost, which was a Jewish celebration. And so all of these people who speak different languages were hearing their language spoken by these people who all spoke Hebrew and Greek. So they're all trying to figure out how is it that we're hearing our own language because these men up there, they don't speak our language. So they started to think these guys are drunk. These people are drunk. And I say guys, but it was both men and women up there. And they think they were drunk. And so here's what Peter said in verse 14. But Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and said to them, all of these people who were outside the room, Watch, this is him being a witness. This is the evidence that you're filled with God's spirit. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, or in other words, they're gonna speak God's plan and purpose for people. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Now, I'm not gonna read Peter's whole sermon here, but the immediate effect of Peter and all of these disciples being filled with the Holy Spirit is they began to be a witness. Like, like day one, minute one. I mean, this is happening in immediacy. Holy Spirit shows up, there's this big sound, everybody starts speaking in a language they didn't understand, and then everybody outside of the room starts to ask them questions. What is happening? 
what happened to you, basically? What is going on? And they thought they were drunk. And Peter stood up and said, we're not drunk. And Peter began to, what? Be a witness. So after this, he goes on and tells them about Jesus, whom they'd crucified, and say that he, he was the one, the Messiah, the one who'd come to take away the sins of the world. And that day, 3,000 people got saved from one sermon. Now, let's just stop for one second and think about Peter. Some of you may not know Peter's whole story. About 50 days before this, Peter was denying Jesus. Straight up told everybody around him, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Why? Because he didn't want to get in trouble. He saw Jesus being carried away, being beaten, hung on a cross, and he was, he was denying him. Within 50 days, now he's full of God's spirit. And not only is he not denying Jesus, he's standing up in front of all of these people from across the world, and he's telling them, we're not drunk. We're actually fulfilling prophecy that was spoken by Joel hundreds of years previous. And this Jesus whom you crucified, he's the Messiah. Talk about a game changer. What changed between Peter denying Jesus and Peter standing up and preaching a message that gave witness to Jesus. And the only thing that I can account to you is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. There's something that comes in, in, a, in a, an empowerment and a boldness that God's Spirit brings to you. And all I can do is just teach you like Jesus taught us because I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There, there are a lot of different teachings out there about the Holy Spirit. And I don't quite understand where it all comes from as far as why people discount the presence of God's Spirit in our life and the need, by the way, for God's Spirit in our life. All I can do is just come back to what Jesus taught, how it happened within the account of the book of Acts, and then decide for yourself. That's all I, that's all I know to do. In fact, a lot of people say this, a lot of people say the Holy Spirit and this experience was one time for those people who were there. But I want you to read it in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, about what Peter said in his message at that day. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let me just pin this right here. Um, and Peter made it clear. Salvation is number one. <laughs> like first repent and what he says, be baptized in the name of Jesus. And in other words, be saved. Make Jesus Lord of your life. That's number one. So don't let anything that I'm saying about the baptism of the Holy Spirit cloud that our number one priority is that people make Jesus Lord. Bang. Okay. But this is what he says. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, remember Jesus used that same terminology, the promise, there's a promise of the Father. The promise is to you, and look, and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That phrase, Peter taught it, okay? So he's, he's speaking, he's now full of the Holy Spirit, and he's telling them, he's saying this, what was happening right now, this promise is to you, and to your children. Well, that alone tells you this was not for just the people who were right there. He said this is for you and your children, and then he broadens it out further, and to all who are afar off, 
as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, I don't have time to go into it today, but I will tell you there's evidence that this was absolutely true because as you see the early church progress, this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit moved from church to church to city to city, and it moved from just it being Jewish people, who was only ones at this point, to what were called the Gentiles, or in other words, the people who were not Jews. Probably, I'm looking around, probably all of us are considered Gentiles in that way, that you're, you, you don't have a Jewish heritage. Maybe you do, but I know I don't. I'm, I would be what's considered a Gentile. But in the book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit is also given to the Gentiles, people who were not Jews. And that blew the Jewish people's minds because they thought, I thought this was for us, like we're God's people. But Peter even said it, for as many as the Lord our God will call. And then look at verse 41. Then those who were gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. This is amazing. This is amazing that something happened in that upper room when they were filled with the Spirit that made now the church just start to add people and add people and add people. And I'm not talking about this church, Hagerstown Foursquare, or any, there was no name of the churches then, okay? There was no like J Jerusalem, you know, Jerusalem Central Full Gospel Church. There no name, okay? It was just the church. So when it says they were added to the church, it means that to the church of Jesus, to his following, they added 3,000 souls. That is amazing. How did it happen? They were full of the Spirit. They were full of the Spirit. They were doing exactly what Jesus said would happen when they received the Holy Spirit, that it, he said, it's better that I go. It's better. So now Peter, just only one of the disciples, this doesn't get into all the others who had received the Holy Spirit. And then as their ministry expanded, what they all did, just one disciple that was in that room saw 3,000 people added to the church. In other words, their souls saved from hell. That blows my mind. Think about it. Think what could happen if you were full of God's spirit in that way. What would happen to you? What would happen if, if he was able to be in you like he was in Jesus and move through you like he was in, like he moved through Jesus or to speak through you like he was speaking through Peter right now? What would happen? What would happen if we ask God, Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Like, I, I don't want to go out into ministry without being full of your spirit. And I know for me, this happened, first time for me this happened was when I was a kid. You say, well, why do you say first time? Because being full of God's spirit is a regular thing. In other words, I'm human. So there are some mornings where I wake up and I'm like, I'm not anywhere close to full of God's spirit. <laughs> I just want to roll over and go back to bed or, you know, I want to do my own thing or whatever. So I regularly have to pray, say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I want to be full of your spirit. Will you fill me with your spirit and just pray and allow him to fill me up? And so I know that that's first started happening to me when I was a kid, like eight, nine years old. You say that can happen? Absolutely, 100%. And then as time's gone on, I've become more and more mature and so and more received from other people, but I still have to come to the Lord and ask him, Lord, fill me with your spirit. 
And I'm telling you, the more full of his spirit become, that's what empowers me to stand up and talk to you. This is not just a skill thing. I've, I've seen so many people think that this is just a skill. It's not just a skill. It's that as I, more I'm full of his spirit, the more I can boldly be a witness for Jesus. So, and I believe that many of you could stand up here and do the same, be a bold witness for Jesus. So it's not about, oh, I have some special gift or some special, no, I'm just, I just wanna be full so that when I need to, I can give account. I can tell people what I have seen and tell people what I have heard. And this will radically change your life from just the Christian um, uh, religion that's kind of dry and boring to it'll set you into stuff where you're like, I can't believe I get to be a part of this. Just this week, if I can, just this week, I was on a um, Zoom meeting. Actually, it was last Sunday night. So Sunday morning, I preached on the Holy Spirit and the promise of the Father. I get on a Zoom meeting Sunday night and I'm meeting with some leaders from Florida with the, the role that I have with our church denomination. And I thought I was just gonna get on and say, hey, you guys, how are you? You know, Nice to meet you and just hear a little bit about their story. But I started to pray and as soon as I started to pray, I could tell God was present. And you say, well, how do you know? I just know. When you get to know that someone's in the room, you just know. It's kind of like if you're at home and you're married, you can tell when your spouse is home or when they're not at home. There's just something, you just know. And so I knew, oh, wow, God's, God is here. And so as I started to pray, especially one person just really struck me, and I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about this person, which we'll get into in future weeks. These are called gifts of the Spirit, and it's in the Bible. So if you're believing the things of the Bible, you, we will read it together. So it's in the Bible of called the gifts of the Spirit. One of those gifts is having a word of knowledge. In other words, where you know something about somebody that you could have not known whatsoever except God tells you. So we're on this call, and there's this gal, and she's telling, she's saying a few things. I'd never met her in my life, and all of a sudden, I just started to ask her. I said, ma'am, are you having a hard time sleeping at night? Because I just keep feeling like the Lord says that there's you're, you're having a really hard time sleeping, and that, in fact, you have experiences sometimes where you feel like you're being choked. And she just started crying and, and like she freaked out a little bit because she's like, how do you know? You know, basically that kind of thing. And I'm like, ma'am, God wants you to, you to have sleep. Can I pray for you? And we prayed over that. And then as I'm praying over that with her, I said, also, ma'am, do you have really intense pain in your lower back? Because it just seems to me like you, your, your back is like in knots and I can just tell. And she, she started crying again. And I said, yes. I was like, God wants to heal you, ma'am. So we prayed. He's not telling me just so I can like blow her mind like I'm some sort of fortune teller. That's baloney. And that we don't get involved with. He's, he, God reveals these things because he wants to minister to people. He wants them to know he's real. He wants them to be pointed back to him. It's not so that they can think I'm something. That's why we go straight to prayer. And I started to pray for her. Pray over her sleep, pray over her back and whatnot. The next guy, there was another guy in the call. And as we were praying, um, and I'd never met him before, and he had this name, and I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was, uh, he's Haitian, so he has a Creole, like French type name. And as we were praying, I felt led to ask him, sir, what it, do you know what your name means? And he must have been my age or younger. Um, and I said, sir, do you know what your name means? He said, no. 
So a couple people on the phone start to, on the call, start to look up what he, his name means as I start to share some things that I had kind of heard from the Lord about him. When we circle back, someone texted me, his name means God's peace. His name means God's peace. And so I asked the guy, I said, do you, sir, do you know that your name means God's peace? He started weeping, just crying, crying, crying. This big black man just starts crying. And I said, your, your name means God's peace. And I said, sir, you needed to know this because something about your, the, the surroundings of your birth made you even question God's presence in your life when you were a child. Something about the surroundings of your life, this means something to you. And God wants to heal you. And God wants you to know that even since you were a child, he was there. And every time your mother, who didn't know the Lord, I found that out later, your mother says your name, he was speaking God's peace over you, God's peace over you, God's peace over you. Like his name was part of what God was using to sustain him throughout that. And he, I mean, he's he's crying. I'm, I'm freaking out because though I've done this before, it's still just wild when God uses you like that and it's fresh and you're just like, thank you, Lord. And so this just kept happening almost, I don't know, we must have prayed for 10 or so people on the call. How does that happen? The Spirit of God. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And we'll get into 1 Corinthians uh, within a couple weeks and teach on the gifts of the Spirit because this is what normal Christian life is supposed to look like. And so unfortunately, we have a lot of Christians who say, I believe in Jesus, which is good. Peter said, that's number one, like you need to know Jesus. And that's the only way these things work is to know the Lord Jesus. But Jesus promised, but you also receive the Holy Spirit. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna just pray over us today. And again, this is a series, so I'm not trying to cram everything about the Holy Spirit into today's message. So if you still have questions, we'll get to them probably. And hopefully even by the end of the series, we'll have some time where you can ask questions because the Holy Spirit is one of the, um, it's an interesting topic in church world. I'll say it like that. And I think it's good that we have discussion. And I think it's good that we have the, the safety to express what you've heard and some of the teachings you've had. And you can say, well, what about this? And what about that? And probably, if I don't know it, Pastor Glenn will know it. And so <laughs> I'll just defer you. No, but well, there, a lot of these things, there, there's been great conversation over throughout the years, and we can talk through it, and we can address it. And my job is to not make you degrade what someone else has taught or said. I just want us to believe what the Bible says, and I want us to live in the fullness of what the Bible preaches and teaches. That's what I want for my own life. So I... I will tell you, for, for me, as my mode of operation, I stay pretty open-handed to things that are in the Bible. I, I, it's it's going to be very hard-pressed for me to close off and be like, I don't believe that can happen today when I read it in Scripture. All of it. Whether it's the dead being raised, whether it's axe heads floating in the water that shouldn't float in the water. I mean, this old, even Old Testament stuff. Why? Because if it's written in the Bible, the Bible says it's written for our learning. It's written for us. It's not there for history. It's so that when there's a day when you have a need, you have something to go back to to say, God does that for me. That's what it's there for. So let's stand to our feet and pray this morning. We good? I love, love, love the word of God. 
it clarifies so much that sometimes can be confusing. And you know what's funny too is especially on the Holy Spirit, I've heard a lot of people teach things that aren't even in scripture. I'm like, where did you hear that? <laughs> it's somebody taught it from somewhere and it's like quotes from this person and that person. That's why I just come, let's come back to the word. Let's come back to the word. Let's come back to the word. And let's especially look at what Jesus told us. That is assurance for me and it's comforting to me. And I'll also tell you this, we're gonna pray. Um, I've heard people shoot off at the mouth about some of these things and be like, well, that's the devil. That, those, th that stuff's just the devil. And let me just, this is my question back to them. Okay, so you think the devil wants people to be healed? And where in scripture do we see that? You know, you want, you think the devil wants people to be pointed back to God and God's power? Where in scripture do we see that? So some of these things, they're easy just to, shoot off at the mouth but you have to be unemotional and just kind of come back to it and say well let's look at scripture let's look at the character of god as displayed in scripture and let's look at the character of the devil as displayed in scripture and it becomes very evident when god's working and when he's not so i just want to i just want to keep this kind of op open conversation because i don't want anyone here to, like we said, discount yourself from receiving all that God has for you because of some things that we heard along the way in our life that just makes us discount anytime someone says anything about the Holy Spirit. I, that would just be so sad to me. And so anyways, let's pray. And uh, in fact, as I pray, I just, I feel led today just to pray a simple prayer of Lord, will you confirm that your word is true on this subject in my life. In fact, I think we should all just pray that in your own words to God. Lord, will you show me what's true from your word regarding the Holy Spirit in my life? Will you help me sort through anything that I've been taught that may not be scriptural? And then if you're open to it, just begin to ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit as Jesus promised would happen. Lord, fill me with your spirit, fill me. I want real relationship with you. I want, you, I want to be a witness for you. I want to be able to tell people what I've seen and what I've heard boldly, confidently. Offer myself to you, Lord, fill us Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our life. We welcome you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every day, Lord. Help us to reach beyond our personality, our predispositions. Help us to reach beyond anything that's not um, true from what we've been taught. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless everyone here. Lord, may they have an awesome week. Protect every household, protect every person, protect their mind, protect their physical body, protect their property. In Jesus' name, Lord, I bless them. May they have a prosperous week, a good week, a successful week with you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say amen? Amen. Let's put our hands together for God's word. Thank you, Jesus.